This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. I'm just going to recap super fast, but uh, last week we talked about the thoughts. We've been talking about thoughts are not harmless. They produce in our lives. And it's never God's plan. This is only one, something I, I, I keep wanting to re- reiterate this point. It's never God's plan for his people to live tormented or troubled mentally, emotionally, in your inner man. My daughter, uh, Christina, who will turn, she'll be 33 pretty soon. And uh, Christina uh, went through some really difficult times uh, a number of years ago. And you know, diff- relationship difficult times. Some of you heard that story and we've talked about some of the things that she dealt with, some suicidal, uh, dealt with cutting. It, it was really pretty devastating for us. But what was super devastating, not, not just to observe that, but some, her bedroom was right above Joyce and I, and we would lie in bed some nights, and I would just listen to her weep, and just broken-hearted weep. And as a parent, if you've ever heard your child do that, it is, it is heart-wrenching. No good parent is blessed by that. No good parent goes, well, isn't that great? They're up there weeping. That, that's, that's no, you, you lie there, and you lie on your back, and tears stream down your face, too. So my, my point is, is this, is that if, if you believe that God wants you to live tormented, just emotionally and mentally, and just it's just tormented and and bothered and disturbed all the time. I hope, if you don't get anything else from me tonight, I hope you are willing to separate yourself from that idea and look at that and go, is that the truth or is that a lie the enemy has pitched to me and I bought it for too long? You know, things can be in families for years and after a while you just accept it as the norm. But I, I don't believe it's God. I believe he's a good father. And I believe he has good things for his children. And, lo- and watching his children be tormented is not his plan. So one of the things that we have to understand is we have to be willing to embrace the idea that freedom is ours. Now, and I read last week in Ephesians, and I'm going to touch on it just again. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Paul is ending his book to the Ephesians, and he says, finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then he begins to list certain spiritual truths, he said, which served as armor. And my point last week is the same point I'm going to make tonight. We would not need armor if there was no conflict. Many of you who have been in the armed services know that that how you dress when you're here in the States versus how you dress when you go overseas and are deployed are two different things. In my neighborhood, now, now I, have a, I have a concealed carry license, and, uh, but in my neighborhood, when I leave, and Jordan and I will walk around the block sometimes and talk, we have our little path that we walk and we talk. I never carry. I live in a pretty safe neighborhood. I'm really not concerned about somebody attacking me in my neighborhood. Maybe you live in a different neighborhood. My neighborhood's pretty cool, so I don't carry. Now, when, when we go down I-10, <laughs> man, there's a stretch of I-10. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I've, I've stepped out of the car before and looked around and went, phew, this is a pretty sketchy bunch right here. I'm not going to list your state, so don't, don't worry about it, but... 
It's just, how many of you understand there's a lot of people travel on I-10? And, and I, I, pulled into, I pulled into rest stops and, and, and stations, you know. I mean, when you travel with a lot of women, uh, bathroom stops are not as planned. <laughs> oh, don't look innocent. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, no, now. And so you pull over and you're like, ooh, mercy. Well, it's a little bit different risk factor. And so I started thinking, man, if something went down, I am not in good shape here. Because I, I remember traveling one time with Joy, my daughter, and, and Joy's mom, three ladies. We pulled, we pulled in a stop. Man, there were some sketchy-looking guys hanging out around there. And I'm thinking, I'm not so big and burly anymore. <laughs> You're laughing at that. It's really not appreciated, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> that, that, some people say, oh, I can't believe you're a pastor and, and you, would, you would actually carry a gun. You ain't been on I-10 some of the places I've stopped before. <laughs> no one ever walked up to me and said, oh, he's a pastor. Please let him, let him go right in. <laughs> they don't ask. And by the way, my gun did get me out of trouble one time. I got pulled over going to Dallas for speeding. <laughs> and the police... Policeman pulled over, you'd appreciate this. Policeman pulled over, so I'm like in classic hands crossed on the, he said, sir, you can uncross your hands. I said, officer, I have a, I have a, a weapon in the vehicle. He said, he said, sir, I've been doing this a long time. I can tell who's dangerous and who's not, and you're not. <laughs> I love that. He, uh, he, he started talking to me, and, and he, he said that, he, he said something, and I said, yes, sir, this is a, a, a church vehicle. <laughs> and he looked at me. He, he, he folded his book up. He said, he said, church vehicle. He said, what do you do? <laughs> I said, uh, I, I'm a senior pastor of a church in Conroe. He went, a senior pastor carrying a, 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 a weapon. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. He looked at me and said, well, I guess the bad guys don't ask you if you're a pastor or not, do they? I said, no, sir. He said, pastor, slow down. He said, uh, there's police all the way from here to Dallas. Have a nice day. No ticket. Thank you. That gun got me out of a ticket. Thank you. So, so some of you guys are thinking, see, darling, I need to get a gun so it can get me out of a ticket. I don't know if that's going to work for you. But I digress. Okay, our greatest, our greatest conflict uh, is really what impacts our hearts and our minds. John 14, 29, excuse me, 27 says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now here's some thoughts. Jesus has given us his peace. He's given us his peace. And you think, well, you know, how has Jesus given us his peace? Well, part of it is he's given us his right standing with God. He said, my peace I give with you. My peace I leave with you. Well, let's look at this next verse. I'm going to give you just kind of a work with me on this train of thought. No man may boast before God, but by his doing, by, by his doing, by God's doing, you are in Christ Jesus. In other words, you've got a relationship with Christ who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Now when I talk about saying, 
we have the peace of God, I'm not talking about something that I have meditated and, and kind of worked myself into a trance. Or a no, this is talking about what belongs to us because we have a relationship with the Lord. When you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible said, of God you are in or you are connected with Christ. And because of that, he's become for us wisdom and righteousness. Righteousness means right standing. Right standing with God and sanctification. That simply means separation and redemption. Purchased out. So we've been purchased out of darkness. We've been separated. We have right standing with God. And inside of that, and, and, and the Bible said, so the one who boasts, we can't boast about ourselves. We can't stand up and talk about how awesome a Christian we are and, 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 and God just, just does all this stuff for us because we're so awesome. The Bible said, he that boasts, let him boast in the Lord. The best way to boast is, I know what I was before I met the Lord and I know what I was after I came in contact with him and what I came in contact with him is when my life changed. And it's a continual process of change, of finding out, what he's done for us. And so that idea of being in right standing is you're not in right standing because of your background or because you've done everything perfectly. You're in right standing because you have a relationship with him. And so you're, you have the ability. Just like my children have the ability, they, they come when they, they knock twice and walk in my house. They're all older, but they knock twice and they don't, they don't wait and throw it. Why? Their last name happens to agree with mine, except for my daughter, but I, I give her a break. And, and so the, <laughs> but I know whose they are, and they come walk again because they have right standing with us, because they belong to us. They're still our kids. You got that? And so when you made Jesus Christ your Lord, you came in right standing with God. So instead of standing out hoping God will hear my prayers, I know he hears Alan's prayers, and maybe he hears Justin's prayers. These guys are special, but I'm not special. They, I wish I was special. You are special. When you made Jesus Christ your Lord, you got the same righteousness I got, the same righteousness Billy Graham had, the same righteousness that Joel Osteen has. Just not as much teeth, but you got the same righteousness. <laughs> It's the same righteousness. And so inside of that, so when all, you see all these promises, don't talk yourself out of them because you're like, no, nah, that doesn't apply to me or that only applies to preachers. No, this is talking about what we have because we have a relationship with the Lord. And this is more than just heaven when you die. This is benefits for this life now. Now I'll give you one right now. A byproduct of righteousness is peace. Look at this verse in Isaiah. This will be a wonderful verse to memorize for your family. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. What a great promise. The fruit of righteousness. So when Jesus said, I give you my peace, I give you my righteousness, we begin to realize, wait a minute, that's God's plan for us. And when Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled, that means we have a choice. Don't let your heart be troubled. Now, that's the rub right there. Don't let your heart be troubled. What's happening over, over the years, and I'll talk a little bit more about this tonight, is, is over the years, what's, what's happening is we've, that's a choice that we have to enforce. You can get a thought. You can be doing great. You can get a thought. Thought can come. It's a negative thought. It's a, it's a, it's a bad thought. You've, you've just gotten hurt something bad. It's troubling. It's disturbing. And you're going to have to make a decision. Well, I'm not going to allow myself to be troubled about this. 
you'll have to make that decision. It won't just jump on you. And so this is a choice that we have to enforce. Here's, here's how we begin to do that. What we keep on our mind impacts our heart. What you keep on your mind impacts your heart. If you think about the problem all day, if you think about what they said, what they did, this is what's happening, this could happen, this is a possibility. They, if you think about these things, how many of you realize you can lose a lot of peace real quick? And you can go through a whole day just fretting and worrying and just take, taking a thought and just, it, it's, ever seen a hamster on a wheel? You get that hamster on the wheel thing. It's just, just running, going, 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 going. And at some point in time, you're going to have to begin to go, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, no, I'm, I'm not going to think those thoughts. Now, you begin to think those thoughts and someone will go, well, I can't help myself. I have to think those thoughts. And that's where we have to buy into the fact that he who the Son has set free is free indeed. I have the freedom to choose what I want to think about. Now, guys, listen to me. If you don't think you have that freedom, then you won't put up a fight for it. If, if, if I know something belongs to me, I, I was talking I was talking to someone the other day and they were telling me, they were telling me, boy, if I know it belongs to me, I'll fight for it. If I know it belongs to me, if I don't think it's mine, then, and this is, where, this is where the enemy steals from so many people. They don't realize that peace belongs to them. They don't realize that, that living life without having your heart troubled belongs to them. And so he tells them, that doesn't apply to you. You're not a good enough Christian. This won't work for you. And you need to be able to stop, stop and go, no, 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 no. If Jesus left me his peace, I'm going to walk in it. Yes. And I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. Because that's valuable stuff. Because how many of you know, you can, I don't care how much money you have, peace is priceless. And laying down at night and being able to go to sleep without your, those thoughts just going round and round. Am I the only one that's ever had that happen? Thoughts just going round and round and round. And they can be tormenting, but they don't have to be. And so... Paul was writing to the church at, Coloss at the, Ro the Romans in Rome, and, and he said in Romans 12, 2, he said, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is a process. The world without God, desperately seeking peace. But, and, and listen, they'll seek it any way they can get it. Meds, drugs, both both prescription and illegal. The, the meditation, mindfulness, and, and you say, well, Alan, are all these, all these things wrong? Well, of course, illegal drugs are wrong. I th I, and, and if you overuse prescription drugs, that's going to be a problem. But the idea is there's a piece we don't, that, you don't have to, that you don't have to shoot up or ingest or anything, that you can have peace in your heart and peace in your mind. And that's good news because it's a whole lot cheaper and there are no side effects. And so the idea, now listen, people will stand up and they'll talk, they'll talk in corporations about meditation and mindfulness. How many of you have seen how much it has been in the news? Just, you just start to pay attention to the news. Everyone's meditating. Everyone's, do, everyone's doing that. Listen, the world's doing everything they can, and they're like, they're going to control their thoughts. We have something we can control our thoughts with. See, we're not just emptying our minds and just letting whatever. We're taking God's word and we're beginning to put it into our thoughts. And that's a way to, listen, you can just take that verse and begin to say, Lord, I want to thank you that you have given me your peace. And I oh, thank you. My heart is not troubled and I'm not afraid. You can think about those verses. I've told you about Psalms 23, one of my favorites. 
Sometimes when the thoughts begin to come and just, just, and I've had them, you've had them. Problems hit. People do stuff. You're disappointed. You feel, ugh. You just, and I just, I just often just, just begin to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. What a great verse. What, are you, what am I doing? I'm beginning, I'm beginning to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And this, this is good news. Listen, from someone who used to suffer from horrible depression, that was me. And someone who rarely, ever, has, I, I don't stay down for days at all anymore. Maybe moments, and then I adjust. Used to have horrible depression, debilitating depression. Depression, sometimes I didn't get out of bed. And I'd lay in bed and just sleep and sleep and sleep because I couldn't handle the depression. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. And I know that there's freedom in Christ. And I know, but I also know it's a fight. And you're going to have to fight. So depressing thoughts come. And what's happened is over the years, we get accustomed to thinking in certain patterns. And it just becomes, it, you ever heard the term muscle memory? If you, I used to shoot a lot of basketball. I can still shoot a basketball. I still have muscle memory. If you give me, you throw me a basketball right now, I've got good form. Cannot jump near like I used to be able to. <laughs> but my muscle memory's there. Why? You do something over and over again, you develop, you develop muscle memory, and you begin to do that. You know, mentally, we, we develop some of the same patterns. A thought can hit, and you can immediately go to some of that negative pattern, and you just recognize the thought. Maybe it's been in your family. Maybe you've always dealt with it. It's like muscle memory. You say, well, Alan, how, how in the world am I going to bust out of that? Thank God you can renew your mind. But you need Scripture to be able to renew your mind. You need God's Word. And so instead of just thinking the same old thoughts, let, let me just, let me see if I can give you an example of this. A thought hits and you're like, things are never, ever going to get better. Now you start thinking that. Things are never going to get better. I, things are, things are just, you know, I, I keep waiting for things to change and nothing's changing. Things are just never, they're, they're never getting better. They're never getting better. There's a, now you can think that thought and if you, if you keep thinking that thought, it can suck all the life out of you. You can look at your family, you can look at your situation and the thought comes, it, it's never going to get better for you. It's always going to be this way. Anybody ever had those thoughts? It's always going to be this way. Say, so, well, Alan, what do I even combat that with? Well, I, just, I gave you one tonight. Psalms 27, 13. I would have lost heart unless I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So here comes that thought. It's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. I have to combat that with something. In other words, I just can't take that thought and go over it and over it and over it. It's not helping me. Right? But what if I took Psalms 23? I would have lost heart unless Psalms 27, 13. I, I would have lost heart unless I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Well, you can just begin to speak that out loud. Lord, I thank you. I will not lose heart. But I'm going to see your goodness in my life, in this life, not just when I get to heaven. It's going to get better in this life. because, And then what will happen is you can begin to take that, and if you begin to speak that, now you're sitting in your cubicle at work, don't do it there. 
But you get in your car, you're, you're alone, you can begin to take that and speak that, and you have some scriptures, and then scriptures can start to come up in you. Because God, if you're for me, who can be against me? God, I know that you're helping me. Who can be against me? Lord, I want to thank you. I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? For God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What shall I say to these things? If God is for me, who can be against me? He did not, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How shall he not freely give us all things? What am I doing? I'm just preaching to myself. But when I'm preaching to myself, I'm injecting life into those old thoughts that I don't have to think again. Does that make sense? You say, Alan, that sounds strenuous. It is. It is. But let's stop looking for easy. Easy is just giving into it. Right? That takes no effort. It takes a little effort to go, I am not going to think that. And honestly, what Justin's saying it tonight, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Guys, do you realize where the battle is? People say, I'm in spiritual warfare. Back in, back in the 80s, had a bunch of yahoos put on camo, went up to the tall buildings, and they're like, we're doing spiritual warfare. No, you're flaky. Spiritual warfare takes place a lot of times right here. Right here. Thoughts come. Oppressing thoughts come. And what I'm saying is we've got something to fight with. One of the enemy's biggest lies is that you're a victim and you can't do anything about it. Here's a great verse for you. 1 John 5, 14. 4, I'm sorry. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Right then, right there. That's a great verse right there. If, if you've made Jesus your Lord, guess what? You've been born of God. And if you're born of God, you're in God's family. And you've overcome all the negative stuff, all the darkness, all the junk that's in the world. You are born of God. You were born strong. You were born a winner. You were born on the strong side. You've been not born in darkness. You've been delivered out of darkness. You've not been born to be a victim. You've been born to stand up and go, thank God I can live in a different way. And it doesn't matter how mom and dad and everybody else live. I can live differently because I belong to a brand new family. And in my father's family, there's no junk. There's no darkness. There's no... Ugh. So, Alan, do you ever feel... Ugh? Yes, yes, none of us live, listen, if you look at me going, I bet Alan just lives like, it's like, wow, he wakes up in the morning, his hair's already combed. There's angel choirs singing outside of his door. He's up. <laughs> Joyce waiting with my cup of coffee going, please share words of, of faith and encouragement with me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's like, you got a cure, get your coffee. Go ahead, there it is. <laughs> All of us deal with stuff. I deal with the same stuff you deal with. 
deal with the same stuff you deal with. I have to deal with doubt. I have to deal with unbelief. I have to deal with yicky feelings. I have to deal with people that do stuff. I deal with some of the very same stuff you deal with. Now, I tell you what I don't deal with. Any, I don't deal with addictions anymore. I don't, have to, I don't have a marijuana problem anymore. Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, no one got a free pass. No one has a free pass. And that's why Paul said, put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. I have to pull on my armor just like you do. I said, well, Alan, you, man, when you preach this, it just seems like it's so easy for you. <laughs> can I share this with you? It's much easier to preach this than to do this. Because the gift, the gifting and grace and anointing of God is on me to proclaim it and teach it. But then when I close my Bible and get in my car and go home, I have to fight the very same way you do. In fact, I'll be honest with you. The enemy hits me harder because I've just preached to you. And the Bible says we receive, don't let many be teachers, you've received greater condemnation. Why? Because your words will come back and hit you. And the enemy will go, hey, you preach that, but you sure don't live it. <laughs> and your words, your words can come back and smack you in the face. I got to live it the same way you do. But thank God there's victory. I used to, I, honestly, I used to deal with serious depression. I haven't dealt with serious depression in years. Years. And it wasn't because God just felt sorry for me one day. Okay, okay, okay. He's pastoring a church. He married a good wife. Let's give him a break. No. It's because I begin to find out what's mine. And I begin to put up a fight for it. And I begin to realize, man, I hate living depressed. It sucks all the joy out of the life. And it's not God's best for me. And it's not God's best for you. I rambled tonight. I took a lot of different trails. I hope it helps you. But if, if this is new to you, please don't throw it away. Look at scriptures, get something. But if I can encourage you, you know, one of the things that the Bible, uh, in, 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 the, um, in the armor of God, uh, when Paul is writing by revelation, he said, and taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's an offensive weapon. You pull that sword out and thoughts begin to come. You are not the helpless victim like, I, I, just, I, just, I just can't help it. No, you are not the helpless victim. Thank God you've got a sword. You can pull that out and go, I will smack you with this sword if you keep, if you keep coming around. Whoever said Christianity is for, is for sissies and weaklings was so wrong. It's a fight, but it's a good fight. A good fight is the one you win. And we're on the winning side. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. And Father, I pray for everyone here tonight who, who's listening, everyone who will listen to this on podcast, everyone, Father, who's, who will hear this. I pray for those, Father, especially those who just deal with just so much turmoil in their minds. And I thank you for your grace. I thank you for revelation. I thank you for light. I thank you for insight. And Lord, I just thank you for freedom. For whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Father, thank you that we have the weapons to fight. Thank you that the Holy Spirit has not left us alone. He is the helper, the strengthener, and he can bring things to our remembrance. Thank you, Father. They are and we are on the winning side. 
Sands are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't have a relationship with the Lord or I'm just really not confident of that. Or you're here and you say, I, I knew I had one. I got away from God. In my heart, I know I'm away from God, but I want to come back. And, and I, I really do. I want to walk close with him again. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to ask you to stand up or come to the front. But if you're here and you would like to be in one of those prayers, so you know what, I want to be sure. It's a, it's a very small, simple prayer, but it's powerful. It's a life changer. But if that's you, and you say, Alan, would you, would you guys pray for me? I, I want to come to the Lord. I want to come back to him. And you're not embarrassed of that. Would you just slip your hand up across the auditorium? Say, Alan, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. So, so hands just shoot up. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. It takes a lot of courage to do that, just to acknowledge that. Anybody else? Wonderful. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand and you're thinking to yourself, ah, I really wish I'd done that. You can pray this prayer. This is a heart prayer. We're going to pray it with you. Pray it out loud so you can hear yourself pray it. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.